Slip your headphones on. I'll be your radio. And if you turn me on, how would you ever know? Hey, Christiana. Hi, Rich. Uh, look, before we record the episode for this month, why don't we grab something to eat? Okay. All right, but before we do that, I did want to let you know that we got some really cool feedback. Uh, oh, excellent. Uh, from the website, Jack Mangan said that there were a bunch of like true LOL comments. I, a lot, LOL, I'm assuming that's shorthand for something. Well, it's I, I, I think it's an abbreviation for lolcats. For lolcats? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, apparently there were a bunch of true lolcat moments. I didn't realize that we used such bad grammar in the last episode, but... I can has Roto? audio skit. I, I guess. Uh, That'd be one way to do it. But this is actually in reference to our first episode where he said there was a bunch of true LOL moments throughout this episode, i.e. the mash joke, the butterfly, Dr. Hunt, the film discussion. Well done. Which I'm pretty much encapsulates all of the episode. I don't think he, there was a single bit that he missed out. Yeah, um, yeah. Also, that was good. That's good. Also on the uh, on the Twitter, uh, Mainframe at Mainframe said that uh, hi Richard. Is his name Richard? Yes. Oh, okay. He well, stalks me. Oh, does he? But I like it. Oh, that's super. <laughs> Everybody needs a stalker <laughs> from time to time. At Mainframe says that Rota with at Cinema Freak and at Christiana Ellis was way awesome. Way awesome. Clearly, he meant it. All uppercase letters. It was 98% awesome, 2% rayon. He definitely liked that phrase. <laughs> and then he said totally jetpack, which I can only assume that jetpack is uh, what all the kids are saying is something good. Well, you know, I've only ever heard him say it in other contexts. He used that in a comment to the uh, Nina Kimberly companion episode once also. However, I like it. Jetpack is just, it's kind of universally awesome. So to say something is jetpack, I think instantly conveys the intended meaning. Ah, flies high above everything else. And let's face it, Airwolf is so totally 80s. Mm. No, I actually still like that term. What's wrong with 80s? See, you said totally 80s. I assumed you meant that like a good thing. Well, yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's rad. Tubular. Well, 80s stuff is bad. We can definitely all agree on that, no matter how you take that meaning. Who's bad? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to leave your own feedback, uh, feel I'll free to drop one again. on the... <laughs> Who's bad? <laughs> Who's bad at getting a plug out, apparently? You can leave us feedback on our website. Also, on our Twitter, I'm at Cinema Freak. I'm at Christiana Ellis. So there you go. You can feel free to just toss a... Uh, at us, and we'll definitely notice it and mention it in the next show. Also, comments on the website, comments in iTunes. Also, don't forget, you can leave us audio feedback. You can either record it or you can call in the number 347-OUTCAST. That's 347-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. And actually, speaking of which, before we head out, I do want to play one that we got based on our question from the last episode that we, oh, really? we queried everybody. What is their favorite scary monster? What is the scariest monster they could think of? So mm -hmm. we got one from a fella, and I'll go ahead and play it for you so you can okay. hear it. And then we'll head out for dinner. Sweet. I'm starved. This is Zach. I ride with the hellhounds. Yeah, I'm a werewolf. You got a problem with that? 
You ask what monsters scare me and why. Well, nothing scares me. I'll ride my hog through the gates of hell and spin in Lucifer's eye. But there is one kind that gives me the creeps. Silversmiths. Not only do they work with that awful metal, these fiends will cast the bullet to put a guy like me down for good and never lose a minute's sleep over it. That's just downright evil. Time travel. So this is my first time here. I've never been here, but have you been here before, Christian? No, I don't know. I, I've heard good things about it, but it's always like these strange stories out of like science fiction. They have I don't know, but I don't even know what it's weird. It's like they have weird food or something. I don't even know what the deal is. I don't know. Maybe maybe while we're thinking of something to do the show on. Yeah, well, we'll you know, I'm I'm thinking if nothing else, we'll have you know an interesting you know meal. Hello and welcome to the Epoch Eatery. How many people are in your party? Just the two of us. Excellent. And what name should I put you under? Watch this. Put it under Outcasts. Really? Hey, what are the odds there's going to be another set of Outcasts here? Fair enough. I'm sorry, but there seems to be another party with that name. What other name can I put it under? Put it under Nina. Nina Kimberly. Available at Amazon or order it from your favorite local bookseller. Excellent. It should be just a mo- Wait, I'm sorry. Nina Kimberly? Outcasts? You aren't by any chance Christiana Ellis and that other guy, are you? Hey! Yes, we are. Do you already have us on the list? No, I'm here because of you guys. I know you won't believe me, but I'm not really a woman. Well, you look fantastic, post-op. No, no, no. I'm a man in a woman's body. It's okay. Society now is very accepting. Listen to me. My name isn't Tiffany. It's Dr. Sam Beckett. I leap into bodies and try to make time right. You know... I've been known to do the same thing. No, Rich. I don't want to hear about that. Doesn't mean it isn't true. Look, you two. Something very important is supposed to happen tonight. The choices you make will decide the fate of humanity. (laughs) We're just here for dinner, lady. Al, they aren't believing me. It's okay, Sam. Let me check with Ziggy. It looks like their choices are simple ones. What they have for dinner decides the fate of mankind. Who is he talking to? Hell if I know. Great. We go out for a quick bite to eat before we record, and we end up running into a schizophrenic transvestite. Boy, if I had a nickel for every Ziggy is narrowed down to a 33% chance that they'll need to get something with meat. I can't even see what she's looking at. Is there someone behind the plant she's talking to? I think it is the plant she's talking to. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I, uh, spaced out for a moment. I would strongly suggest you order either the steak, chicken, or fish tonight. Okay? A little pushy for a hostess, aren't you? Was a psychiatrist advised before you started taking the hormones? Looks like a table just cleared. Right this way, please. Good. I'm starving. Thank you, Tiffany. You're welcome. Hey, Al, you said they had three choices at 33%. That's 99%. What's that other 1%? Uh, Ziggy says that 1% is that they will end up causing some kind of mushroom uprising that subjugates humanity. Oh boy. An ordinary time travel agency. 
Hello, welcome to the T-Tour Time Travel Agency. Please have a seat. John will be with you shortly. Thank you. Ah, uh, hello, Mrs. Bounder. So you're interested in our Cleopatra package, are you? Yes. I've always felt that I was the reincarnation of Cleopatra. So I should like to see how I looked in that day. Ah, curious if you were an Elizabeth Taylor or a Jennifer Skye, eh? Very good. Yes, but before I choose a package, I have a few questions for you. I'm the proverbial open book. You've no doubt seen many science fiction movies and are loaded with queries. How can I be of assistance? Will I be having my own transportation, or will it be more like the bus, letting other people off at their times? I don't want to be dressed up and looking oddball while everyone else is going to the 1970s. I always felt the stars were complementary between those time periods, but I completely understand your worry. I've mistakenly looked at the calendar and thought it was October 31st many times. Let's just say it's bad form to be dressed as a lumberjack on Arbor Day. For the past few years, we've made sure that you are the only one on your travels. I'm afraid my predecessor, Rodney Taylor, had quite a bit of trouble with our incidents insurance, thanks to a few people who got off at the wrong stop. But I assure you that that has not been an issue during my tenure. Good, good. Just one other question, Mr. Titor. If I were to stray off the cordoned areas, venture off the trail, as it were, what are the chances that I would muck with the timeline? Could I cause irreparable damage to the continuity of the timeline? Temporal travel is hardly precise, Miss Bounder, and uh, multidirectional causality by proximity should be the standard in quantum probability, but it is in fact not. You cannot stay wedded to the idea that temporal motion and spatial motion are related— Spatial motion is only related to changes in the quantum processes by which we measure temporal motion. I suggest that events present changes among other events by a mechanism similar to that of gravitational influence among bodies of mass. Oh, that's wonderful. The last place I went to said I'd be held accountable for any changes to the timeline. <laughs> we here at Tito Time Travel Agency don't care what you do. Go to ancient Egypt to fulfill your fantasy? Punch Hitler? Milk a dinosaur? We don't care. Besides, if you do something to change the future, we wouldn't be having this conversation now, would we? <laughs> I guess not. Where do I start? You will be visited by three ghosts. So, uh, what looks good to you? Well, I'm thinking about the fish. I've narrowed my choices down to the steak. Oh, wait, no. Uh, actually, the chicken. Oh, no, 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 the fish. Way to be decisive. Hey, I'm hungry. Everything looks good. You know, I think I know a way to decide this. What we'll do is we'll do the ancient Japanese tradition of rock, paper, scissors. But there are three choices. It's okay, trust me. I do this all the time. So, you'll represent the fish, since that's what you're ordering. I'll represent the steak. The winner of that will go against the chicken, since it gets a round-robin pass for this round. In the event of a tie, we'll go again until there is a clear winner. And then we'll do it again for the last two choices. So, for this round, I'll be for the chicken, and you'll be for the steak. I thought you said I was fish. Oh, right. Okay. I'll be chicken, you're fish. Wait, didn't you say the first time that you were steak? No, that's just silly. Look, steak never goes first round. Didn't you read the Robert Rules of Orders for Rock, Paper, Scissors? That doesn't exist. Yeah, it does. It's on our website. Okay, whatever. So, I'm fish and you're chicken. <laughs> you're chicken. Focus, Rich. You are representing chicken and I'm representing fish. 
Abe Vigoda fan, eh? You realize that I'm younger than you and didn't get that reference. Okay, we toss him out when I say shoot. Ready? One, two, three, shoot! Hello! All right, paper beats rock. So chicken moves up to the finals. It's chicken versus steak, then. Uh, Rich, do you see the little hovering girl there? Yeah, hi. Hello! You're all glowy. Cool. I'd like to have a Coke whenever you get the chance, please. Our waitress is hovering a foot over the table and is clearly too young to have a work permit. That doesn't bother you? Yeah, no more than that big guy over there that looks like Dom DeLuise that's hovering behind her. And the Nazgul-looking fella next to him. <laughs> I look nothing like Dom DeLuise, but he's a good friend. Allow me to introduce myself so that you might know me better, man. I am the ghost of Christmas present. She's the ghost of Christmas past. Hello. And this frightful fellow is the ghost of Christmas yet to come. <sighs> We are here to help you decide on your dinner, because it will decide the future. The future? Is there salmonella or something? No! Future hasn't been in the kitchen yet. And wipe that smile off your face, man. It's creepy. The future, eh? Like indigestion? Can you tell me about my future? Do I become famous? I'm sorry. Who are you? Son of a... Why does our food choice have anything to do with the future? I cannot say, but I suggest the chicken. I only know the present, and I recommend the eggs. Ew. Why does Future have a rotten chicken omelet in his hands? That's nothing. Try the con suite at Cartoonicon on a Sunday morning. Wait a sec. Past is suggesting the chicken, and the present recommends the eggs. Is that the answer to the question? No, my system can't handle egg yolks. And I'm poultry intolerant. But I see your point. I'd never realize the philosophical implications in our suggestion. Okay, future, seriously. Put that foul mess away and stop playing with it. That's terribly disgusting. Rich, who are you calling? I happen to know some cosplayers that would love a chance to suit up. Check this out. Ghosts of past, present, and future. I hold in my hand a cellular telephone. On that phone is a speed dial. And on that speed dial, I have something that will terrify you. Christiana, you ask who I am going to call? Well, I'll tell you who I'm going to call. Oh, wait, they picked up. Yeah, hey, guys. Yeah, bring the gear. Come, yeah, come on with the sirens blazing. Oh, you're next door? Really? Sweet. See you guys in a minute. So, who'd you call? Ah, here they are. Hey, hey, where'd the ghosts go? <laughs> Great. I'll be right back. What a weird night. All right, so I apologized to them and told them I'd buy them a couple round of drinks for losing their place in line. Seems some new special edition of the Ghostbusters is coming out next door. So they were already in costume. So, do you know what you want to eat yet? After seeing that omelet, I don't think I want to eat chicken. Ever. Okay, so it was down to fish and steak. Are you ready? One, two, three, shoot! Chrono Economics. That was Lakshmi Singh on the current hot wing crisis in Buffalo. Coming up next is Evelyn de Havilland with Money is Important here on CPR, Chrono Public Radio. 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to tonight's Money is Important segment, where we examine the day's economic news and go behind the headlines into the very boring minutiae of things like banking regulations and fiscal policy. Tonight, we have a bit more detail on the unusual events that transpired yesterday at the Three-Fourths National Bank. First, a review of what we all saw yesterday. Well, you saw it if you were watching C-SPAN 4. We saw a man in strange, shiny clothing enter the bank, brandishing some kind of strange device, only to shout at the manager for a few minutes, fail to get his point across, and then vanish into thin air. The man spoke in an unusual accent, and so it took some time before we could determine the exact nature of the man's complaint. We brought in some prominent linguists and futurologists, and it has since been determined conclusively that the man was in fact a time traveler from the future. In fact, it was not even the first time that that same man had been to that very bank. After a review of the bank's records, it appears that this man, one Stevor 26, first visited the Three-Fourths Bank some two years ago, when the bank split off from a larger bank and first took the name that it bears today. At that time, Mr. 26 took advantage of a special opening day offer, and opened a savings account with a balance of only one penny. This, of course, is nothing new when it comes to time travel. In fact, it has been used successfully by vampires and Highlanders as well. Oh, my mistake. Only one Highlander. The investment strategy is to open an account with a small amount of money, and then, over the centuries, allow the compounding interest to build the account into a large fortune. For Mr. 26, however, things did not go according to plan. His first mistake was the initial deposit amount. Although, in the thought experiment, a single penny is used for dramatic effect to illustrate the power of compound interest. For practical investment purposes, however, starting with as large an initial investment as possible will dramatically improve the outcome. This may have only resulted in a smaller fortune, however, if not for a recent change in bank policy regarding a new $1 per month fee for accounts below a minimum balance of $50. As of the establishment of this rule, Mr. 26's account had only accumulated two cents for a total balance of three cents. Thus, the first fee caused the account to become overdrawn. This triggered additional fees. And I believe you can now see where this story is going. Upon returning to his own time, Mr. 26 discovered that, instead of being the owner of a fortune, he was now $3.2 billion in debt. An ordinary customer would, of course, been given ample opportunity to correct the problem. But as Mr. 26 was in temporal limbo on his way back to his own time, he was unreachable. It has been suggested that the bank should have, at some point, simply closed the account, but an anonymous source within the bank management told us, quote, These time travelers think they're so smart just because they're from the future. Fuck those guys. It was perhaps that attitude that led to the confrontation yesterday, when a distraught Mr. 26 attempted to threaten bank employees with a futuristic device that he claimed would, quote, liquefy their bones. He was thwarted, however, when the ambient energy field that powered his weapon had not yet been invented. He then threatened to go back even further in time in order to prevent the bank manager from ever having been born. 
After looking into our archives, we discovered that the manager's mother had once had an affair with a man fitting Mr. 26's description, resulting in the manager's conception. Realizing then his mistake, Mr. 26 could not bear the thought of erasing the existence of his only son, so he decided to stay in the past and be a part of his son's life, teaching him the value of compassion and the evil of punitive banking fees. Unfortunately for Mr. 26, his actions changed the timeline, producing a future where the bank manager had never instituted the low balance fee, therefore making Mr. 26's original plan a success. However, the money did not bring the happiness he had truly desired, and tired of his wealthy but hollow existence, he endeavored to stop himself from succeeding with his plan by time-traveling back in time to the night his other timeline self had met the bank manager's mother, killing his other self, replacing him, and then being such a jerk to the manager's mother that she would reject him. Because he was drunk, however, he arrived a day too late, after the night of conception. After killing his other self, he so alienated the manager's mother that the manager grew up hating his father and rejecting his compassionate teachings. Once the manager grew up, he decided to institute a fee for accounts with balances below $50. That made the original plan once again a failure. Before Mr. 26 could once again attempt to change history, he was hit by a bus. And so ends the sad tale of Mr. Stevor 26, except for one little detail. The penny he used to open the account turned out to be a rare coin, and had he simply taken it back with him to the future, it would have been worth millions. And that's it for this week's Money is Important. Next week, we'll talk about post-mortem investment strategies for ghosts. Good night. a license to drive a time machine. Holy crap! That phone booth just crashed through the roof and into the middle of the restaurant. I haven't seen one of those things since the 80s. Dude, that was the most bogus landing. Dude, I'm not a pilot. I barely have my learner's permit. At least it's in better condition than when you crashed your hot stepmom's car. Shut up, Ted. And you tried to fix it yourself? Shut up, Ted. And then it, like, rolled out of the garage and into the ravine? Shut up, Ted. That car totally trashed our phone booth. Most heinous. Hey, Doc, I think we hit something. That's not possible, Marty. The laws of space and time make sure that something like this can't happen. The only thing that we could hit is another time machine, and that's impossible. Oh, great Scott, Marty! I can't get another ticket, Doc. I have only two more points on my license. Oh, boy, this is heavy. Ah! Uh. That was a rough landing, Bog. What does the Omni show? We've got a red light, kid. We've got to figure out what's wrong with this timeline. Once that happens, the Omni will turn green and we can jump again. It's okay, Bug, Jeffrey. I remember Voyagers. That was a kick-ass show. Who? Hello, hello. Did somebody call my name? And you are who exactly? Yes. Yes what? Yes. 
Who? You're asking me? I'm the doctor. Doctor who? Precisely. I want you, the guy who just came from that police box, to tell me your name. Oh, we didn't even get to third base. Well, she's not that kind of girl. Oh, great. And who is this guy? No, no, I'm who? Oh, knock it off. I am H.G. Wells. And what would you suggest we have for dinner? I'm here doing research for my novel. You hit the phone booth. I mean, we've got to travel through time. Do they even have I don't even know. All right, everybody, just that. Shut up. Waiter, we'll both have the stuffed portobello mushrooms. Oh, Yikes, I had no idea that time travelers were so pushy. Yeah, what's the deal about what we order anyway? I mean, chicken, steak, fish, mushrooms, <laughs> what could happen? The Future Isn't it great that 100 years ago to this day, that meal order changed history? leading we mushrooms to rise up against our human oppressors. Think of the timing, Ramius. If those two had only ordered something with meat, nothing would have changed. We would still be just the regular ordinary mushrooms, not the super-intelligent ones we are today. Little did they know that the mushroom revolution had been held in check only by the peaceful but charismatic words of a visionary mushroom of great wisdom. He had always insisted that passive resistance was the way to change the cruel oppression we endured under the rule of the humans. Until that day, when our leader's wife and family were harvested and devoured by those very humans. This tragic loss fundamentally changed him. Instead of a peaceful mushroom with wisdom and humor, he became a mushroom of anger and passionate determination that this tragedy must never be repeated. No more, Mr. Fun Guy, he cried, and behind his fearless leadership... The Mushroom Revolution was born. Sure, why did you just tell me all that? We learned that all in the third grade. Are you questioning my conversational judgment? Don't make me send you to the... Sauteatorium. Your forgiveness, Major Exposition. I'm sorry. Sam Beckett, Time Travel Agency, Ghosts of Christmas Past, Present, and Future was written by Podcasting's Rich Siegfried. Chrono Economics was written and performed by Christiana Ellis. Closing in Timely Accident was written by PRS and Christiana Ellis. Susan Z performed Dr. Sam Beckett in Secretary. E.G. Holyfield was the titleist. All other voices were performed by PRS and Christiana Ellis. Theme song was provided by Magnatune and performed by Five Star Fall. Don't forget to give us feedback either on our website at requiemoftheoutcast.com or by leaving us a message at 347-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. That's 347-OUTCAST. Visit outcastmultimedia.com for more podcasts by me, podcasting's Rich Sigfret, and many other fine folks.
The exact nature of the man's complaint. Woo! DeLorean appears, crashes into Bill and Ted's phone booth. 